As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today... As always on Mondays, Michele Barra. Michele, where's your video? Michele, are you there? I'm here. Uh, for some reason, my camera is not working, and oh, now there it, it is. Yay! <laughs> Panicking a little bit. One, I had to run to the kitchen during the intro to go get something to drink uh, that I forgot. And then I come back, and your videos, I, everything just fell apart just for like a, a few minutes here. Um, it's, it is my pen punishment for suggesting in a chat to trade Dort for Moses Moody, um, <laughs> which is. was yeah. a huge joke, a uh, big joke. But uh, it's uh, since I hate Dort, I can't joke on these things, apparently. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, a few, a few trades that, were, that have been thrown about. Should we talk about them on the pod real quick, McKelly? Just some, oh, sure. Just some like fun little exercises. We don't. We haven't talked about fake trades hardly at all. One because I just don't think the Thunder are outside of Darius. I don't think the Thunder are like a real trade team right now. Um, I think mm-hmm. they're, they're more of a like let's let this roster kind of develop and let's see who is who. They may make a trade or two here at the trade deadline. I, I would guess that Baisley would be a part of it for. For Baisley's sake and for the Thunder's sake, let mm-hmm. let the boy go. Uh, yeah. And there are a team where he makes sense, and probably one oh, of the yeah. the teams where we can make a lot of sense is the team that OKC faces uh, in a few hours. I mean, yeah, he would be more than okay to play 15 minutes for a team that needs a guy that can defend on the wing and just need to take shots whenever Luca gives him the ball in the corner. That is a role that I think would be good for him. Um, so there are teams where he can be okay 
by playing a certain brand of basketball. And I mean, Dallas is one of them. Um, probably a team like Denver does also make a ton sure. of sense uh, sure. because of uh, the fact that they need play finishers and they need uh, a guy who can replicate 10 minutes of Aaron Gordon when Aaron Gordon is not playing. So uh, it can make sense uh, in a lot of places, but um, it can even make sense in OKC to a certain degree, but it seems that th that ship is kind of sailed and uh, and maybe the two sides are ready to to basically move on. Yeah, it certainly feels like that. It, it may still take time just yeah. because, I mean, December 15th opens up everybody. I think roughly 90% of the league can be traded then. So that will open some things up. I, I don't know that the phone is ringing off the hook for, for Darius. And this is why you might wait until the deadline, just because people are making more calls then, and people are more interested in just making little tinkering moves here and there. So I think that that is in the cards this season. Everybody else, I mean, like, I just don't see anybody else on the roster. I'm like, yeah, they could probably move on from them. I think everybody else kind of makes sense here. And, like, funny enough, like, somebody that people might be calling on is Isaiah Joe, just to see, like, hey, can we, can we get Isaiah Joe, you know, from the Thunder? Um, I don't know. I don't know if he could be had. I don't know if the Thunder even want to trade him. Um, but that's just like another kind of interesting, like if you're looking for bit pieces on the Thunder that you just kind of want, you wonder a little bit, like are they going to be on this roster in the next three years? Like could the Thunder actually get an asset for Isaiah Joe? Like, I don't know, probably not, but just like something top of mind. I think that um, OKC should be very open in like talking with other teams about every player not named Shea, to a certain degree, Giddy, Chet, well, Chet to every degree, J-Dub yeah. and Jeng. Um, yeah. And probably, I mean, to a lesser degree, I don't think the, the team is ready to, to trade Lil Dort. Um, not for Moody. No, Maybe not. if a splash move is ready and they really need Dort in a trade, then maybe. But again, uh, as we discussed, Splash many, move, many not times. ready. I'll no. say that. Not no, ready. No, no. Not this no. year, not the summer, not anytime soon is a splash deal. I mean, I think that this is the case, but you never know uh, for real. Like, uh, I'm sure that the idea of, of uh, the coaching staff, and oh, sorry, the, coaching, the, the, um, uh, the front office, um, and um, it's to, to give it time. Yeah, definitely. But if the perfect guy comes around, and you know that this is the perfect guy. I mean, okay. it may be a tad early. I, Who's I, the perfect I guy? Who's the perfect be... guy? Like, what do you... So, part of it's hard because the Thunder ended up trading for Tyson Chandler. We can we don't have to relitigate that. But then, Kenny yeah. Perkins, because they knew after some time with yeah. seeing the roster that they needed a big to compete in the West. Right now, yeah, they're competitive from night to night, but they still don't you don't know what you need until you have Chet here. Yeah. Like Chet and Jeremiah could be like, Holy, whoa, like this is actually something. Or Chet and Poku could be like, oh, wow, like this is something. Or mm -hmm. they could both be like, oh man, like neither, neither of these guys are working with Chet. You know, we need to go get, we need to go get this. You know, the, that's the, that's why I just think we won't know. Not now, not the summer. 
and you know, there there could be a deal that's passed by that they're like, oh man, so and so is available in yeah. summer of twenty three, and we didn't we didn't get that guy because we didn't know we needed him. But my guess is still that this will be a patient, long process where it's not they're not gonna Atlanta Hawks this thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, and also because in 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 total fairness, yes, the right deal may come around earlier than expected. But if the team it's not ready, I mean, what's the point? Um, if you are a year away to start the I'm trying to compete kind of phase um, of your basketball um, of, of this uh, roster, then even trading early, it's it's something that it's not good. Uh, and and Cleveland, who I think made a timely trade, um, risked that a bit, but they were much better last year than what the Thunder are right now. So I think that <clears throat> it it might be the case that a good deal comes around and uh, and it makes perfect sense for, for OKC, maybe uh, a big wing, um, a shooting wing, where you can say, wow, uh, this is... Say that uh, for, for reasons that go um, behind my comprehension, I mean, Phoenix wants to... Uh, to blow it up because after Chris Paul that there is nothing left there and Booker is ready. I mean Booker and Shea are quite the pairing. You can yeah. you can really see that in your mind. But even that, I mean um, Phoenix it, is not doing it, that. No, no, of course not. Um and, and again it jumps it puts pressure immediately. Yeah. Is Chet Holmgren ready to to hold that pressure? Is oh. Shea ready? Is so, the organization ready to, exactly. to do that, like I think the answer is firmly no, firmly yeah. no. So Not you right. wouldn't trade for Bam tomorrow? Heck no. <laughs> Sorry. Here's the other thing: is like what this team needs is to be 23 or 24 years old. Yeah. On average, this team needs to be 24 plus years old yeah. to to compete. You can't do that in a trade. The only thing that will get you there is time. The only thing. And yeah. they're at, I mean, we say this all the time, adding Chet, adding another piece from the draft. We've covered some some guys in the draft already this year, and, and there's yeah. some legitimately very good players that are going to go in the lottery outside of the top two. Yeah. So this and there is, might be. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I would say there might be a minor trade where you don't sure. really spend an asset, and you there is a non-consequent not superstar veteran that next year or during the summer um is a player that you can see fitting with this yeah. group um yeah. maybe maybe an experience vet that plays uh, the minutes that muscala is playing right now mm -hmm. uh maybe is an upgrade over muscala um and you say hey i can consolidate some young player that i would probably have to cut anyway mm -hmm. Uh, and maybe a small asset that doesn't really change my timeline because I want to have uh, a big that can compete with Chet and push him uh, in practice. And I want to have a veteran presence there that can talk about defense and teach to, uh, to these guys uh, how to play defense as a big man. Mm -hmm. That part, I can see that doing that earlier. Um, maybe but, over but the it's summer, a, like signing it's a, a minimum teach. free agent. Like that's... They've, I mean, the Thunder have proven, like, if you're going to get a free sure. agent, like, center is the spot. Like, centers yeah, are... Yeah. And also, if that's really what they wanted, 
they may have like they should have just held on to favors. Yeah, I'm talking about a better pro- better player than that. A better player than favors. Better player than oh, yeah. Giant Dort. <laughs> How could you get better than Giant Dort? Another another point is the Thunder like kind of already made a a savvy move in picking up Isaiah Joe before the season. Yeah, that was like a free agent acquisition. It, it's he's like the kind of player that if he was not on this roster. And Trey Mann's still playing the way like he's playing. And you're like, oh man, like they could, they just need like one wing shooter. Can we just yeah. get one wing shooter? And we'd be complaining about, oh, the Thunder never have wing shooters. Like they never, they, they, they picked him up right before the season started off the scrap yeah. heap, brought him in. It was a little, it was a little surprising because one, usually whenever somebody gets released and I'm like, oh man, I really kind of like that guy. You know, usually those guys aren't very good. <laughs> And also, yeah. the Thunder are usually never the team to pick him up. And the fact that they did and they brought him in, I mean, he he plays so well with this group and has better size than you think and can defend a little bit better than you think. I don't know. I mean, he, he played 20 minutes in that game against the Cavs. He went three of six and three. There's there's a little something there with Isaiah Joe. I don't know yeah. if I don't know if it's real. I don't know if it's something that when this team is like really competing and they want to be a good team, if he's more like, you know, Daquan Cook played like a decent role for this team, but obviously it was not like the piece, like the <laughs> shooter that they needed. Um, I just wonder, because he's not old. Like he's not like a 27-year-old guy that they brought in. Um, How old is he? 23? He's 23. Yeah. And still developing himself. I. I just kind of wonder about him. He's got a definable NBA skill that translates and works. And the yeah. plus-minus numbers are out of control. And that's just, like, ask Mike Muscala. This is just what happens if you're just a decent shooter, right? Yeah. Like Joe, things start to this work. year, is a bit better than decent. A bit? Yeah, he's amazing. He's, been, he's elite yeah, right now. Yeah, he's been, he's been incredible for the Thunder. Yeah. I mean, you look at what he shot from the corners. You know what he's shooting from the corners this year? 54.5%. 62.5%. Sorry. I, I wanted to sound convincing, but um, too 40, low. 44% above the break this year. Yeah. I mean, that's the kind of guy that you need with Giddy and with Shea. Like we say it all the time. Yeah. Like, oh, that just needs like somebody that can be a knockdown shooter. Like, yeah. I don't know. He's He's that. And if he can continue to get better and just get better defensively, which I don't think he's some kind of sieve, like he's not good, like he would definitely get targeted in the playoffs and it would be, sure. it, it could be rough, but I don't know, man. I, th- I think that when we talk about like, what, what can this team add? Like, what can they, what can they do moving forward this season? Cause we love transactions. Transactions are fun. I love transactions. I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a freaking podcaster. Of course I love transactions. That's like what we thrive on here. But like that transaction happened this year, and it's probably one of the more underrated ones and the one that one that we kind of take for granted a little bit. Um, you know, if they acquired him today, like if they traded a second round pick for him today and that he came in and did this kind of stuff, we'd be like, Oh my god, we'd kind of freak out about it. What a trade. Yeah. yeah. But you know, the Sixers had to make some choices, and the Thunder will have to make choices. We can like dog the Sixers for cutting him or whatever, and like looking at the situation, like they probably shouldn't have. Like he could actually help the Sixers yeah. quite a bit, but you have to make hard decisions 
when you're a, an organization that makes a lot of good decisions, you also have to, you're also going to be put yourself in a position to make hard ones too. Like there are going to be players on this and roster and wrong ones, and wrong ones. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can we can go recount all the wrong decisions Presti's made in his career and do the same for Masai Ujiri and do the same for every other very good NBA general manager. Like it's just a part of the game is being wrong at times, but. Are you referring for Masai um, to the draft where we picked Barnes before Giddy? <laughs> I think I am. That's a great transition. Josh Giddy, man. Uh, Josh was incredible against the Cavs. I love the way that he played. Yeah. The physicality is starting to pick up a little bit with Giddy on both ends. And they found a little wrinkle within the defense that really works for him where he is... They're playing zone. They've been playing mm-hmm. zone quite a bit. And if he is kind of in the middle of the zone, just using his size and using his toughness, and it's worked. And it puts him in a really great position to rebound. It puts him in position to push the ball. I really, I really like that for him and for the team. And then offensively, his scoring has started to pick up. And he started to find little ways and it's and Mark talks about this. It's like, yeah, they take away your first thing. What's your counterpunch? Like, yeah. where's your counterpunch? And Giddy is starting to, for me, I feel like he's starting to figure that out. You know, he had 17, 13, and six, only two turnovers in that game, which I think is a is a big thing to have six assists to one turnover, and still, Shea's getting the ball. You know, Poku obviously had a great game too. But Josh, I think I think he deserves a ton of shine. I actually put together some clips today of the way he's play the way he played in that Cavs game. And I just man, I just I loved his aggressiveness, his assertiveness in that game. Yeah. Uh you mentioned the defense. Uh when he swatted that uh ball from from Allen. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was kind that was, of shocking. Yeah, it was quite the play. Um and, and in general, I mean you could clearly see at the beginning of the year that he was kind of in search for rhythm and search for a certain um, way of playing with Shea. I mean, it's mm-hmm. um, it's not nothing to play the entire summer league. Um, a lot of the work that he did in the summer and then preseason with certain spaces um, on on the court and and. The season start and you have Shea. It is basically nailing whatever is taking. Any action that you take away from Shea, it's in the eye of the fan and probably teammates is, hey, why are you taking the ball away from this guy? Um, and and it's difficult. It's hard. And he didn't start the season with the, the proper in a proper way. Uh, the results were not there. And you can say that part of the process was not there. Um, but, I mean... After a while, you could start seeing him taking moments in the game uh, when Shea was off um, to to really shine and to be the version of Josh Giddy that we saw from time to time or the majority of the time last season. And then it started to click also um, uh, with Shea, which, I mean, Shea and Giddy are starting to play for each other to find to to search for uh the other one um with the ball in their hands so i really think that he's trending in the right direction um is it's it's very early in the season for him uh i think that uh to see the actualized version of giddy we 
will have to wait a couple of years at least. But the fact that right now against good defenses, I mean, the Cavs are a good defensive team, especially without Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, they lose quite a lot in terms of offense, but defensively you can say, hey, they had a very good lineup out there. Yep. And, and Giddy was very good, very, very good. So um, I'm really pleased uh, to see that he is improving. And last night, uh, two nights ago, he missed a ton of bunnies, like yeah. um, stuff that I'm sure in two years he will probably dunk or he will not miss mm. because this is just the life in the NBA. Mm. These these shots are shots that you miss when you're young and then you don't miss at all. Yeah. So it's it can be better. Uh, you mentioned Poku, though. We, we need to give him a little bit of love. Man, I... You know, I had given Apoku a ton of love, and then he kind of had this little slump. You start to mm-hmm. you start to doubt yourself a little bit. You're just wondering, did I make all that up? Did I make up all this Poku stuff up? Was I fan fictioning myself into this early in the season? No, I was not. He was incredible against the Cavs, patrolling yeah. the paint. I thought he was really, really good. Uh, the defense was there again. The physicality um, is about as good as Poku is going to get, mm-hmm. especially against that front line. You know, I, I I feared for everybody on the team against that yeah. front line. And the thing about it was that nobody, none of those guys feared those two. Like, Poku didn't. Giddy didn't. They were attacking. They were playing them tough. I mean, the the points and just the, the general touch that Poku played with the other night was tremendous. Yeah. Um, he, but the 14 rebounds, like, holy smokes. Yeah. Alexei Pokashevsky had 14 rebounds in an NBA game. I mean, if you would have just bet on Say draft... Say it one more time. Alexei Pokashevsky had 14 rebounds. If you would have bet on draft night and you just look at him and say, is that guy going to have 14 rebounds ever in a game? I think most people yeah. would bet no. Like that, That's not yeah. going to happen. He was Especially awful. after like two weeks. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. playing basketball. Yeah. Or just watch one season. And yeah, I just don't think so. He was awesome in this game. Three, yeah. I mean, the shot falling was, it definitely helps. Everything looked better. But five assists, 14 rebounds. Yeah. He was so impressive. And blocks. And the blocks. The blocks were very impressive. I actually posted some video of, of his blocks uh, this morning. And he he's really figuring out how to use his length, which is something that he kind of struggled with, honestly, to start his career, is kind of knowing how to use it. And he would use it more in like a with verticality last year mm-hmm. is where they had him kind of just stand at the rim with his arms just straight up. And I feel like, I don't know, it, that was a, a process in helping him get there, but he now can move about the paint and understand where he needs to be to contest a shot or to block a shot. And that is just a little, it's just a little different. It's a different wrinkle for Poku. Uh, he he was connector Poku. He was uh, the defender in the paint that you needed. And I start to, this is where you just start to go to, to fan fiction again. You start to imagine like what it could be like with him and Chet on the court <laughs> together. And it felt like yeah. a joke at first. It felt like, you know, the thin towers or whatever. It's like, oh, that's that's so lame. Like, that's not going to happen. Like, 
get yourselves ready for it because the thin towers might be a real thing yeah i i think that they will play together um they better quite a lot because it's it, it does make sense i think he that poku right now is really is starting to get comfortable in playing the big man position alone um especially when he has good point of attack defense we have to think to to say that because whenever yes. poku is good is when guys are funneling opponents in a certain way yeah which was also the case uh the reason why perk was so great uh with ibaka and with tabo because tabo. the three of them yeah. they were just able to funnel guys towards Ibaka yeah. every single time and not allowing them to to be effective in other directions um such a good point so that, a lot of people just just completely forget Tava Cephalosha in that mix and they think about oh, Ibaka no, was extremely important oh my goodness he was and, and in the same way Dort <laughs> is so important you know he there's a difference between he and J-Dub and he and you know Giddy I mean, there's just a huge difference in those guys. And like just mm -hmm. like we were we were frustrated with Tabo, we were frustrated with Andre, frustrated with Dort. But like you can't replicate what Dort brings at the point of attack with just anybody. Yeah. Basically can to some degree, but to some degree and against a very specific type of player. Uh he can be good yeah. um against player with size. Uh it was also good with uh, against Garland. Um yeah. but you have but you need to have players like that um and, and poku right now is making the most of it because if you funnel the, the guys in the right direction he is really really good mm -hmm. at taking um at picking the time uh to block shots offensively i mean you can be worried when a guy that used to be a streaky guy goes into uh, a bad stretch when i was talking about this with john the other day um it's 23 games it's not nothing. It's the longest streak that we have seen Poku playing good basketball. Yep. And it's not good in terms of shooting. It's insanely good. He's 40, <laughs> We're talking 40%. 41.7% from the corners, 39.6% above the break from three. It's it's extremely consistent, which, which is, again, uh, he can have 10 days where the ball doesn't go in. It happens to everybody. Shea is in a huge slump right now, yeah. but we are not worried about him. We have history with Poku, and so we are kind of more worried uh, about him. Um, but 23 games again, it's it's almost an entire season in Europe where you can yeah. you can use it to project um, guys' uh, players' yeah, production. Like, yeah, that's a college, that's college basketball season almost, where you're yeah. just like, yeah, this is all you get. Yeah. And again, we have to remind everybody, uh, and I and I, I think it's it's crazy to think about that Poku is six months younger than even Mobley. Mobley is much better. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to compare the talent. I, I would pick Mobley to tomorrow. Let's we'll see where Poku uh, is in six months. We'll find out. I don't know. <laughs> but but this proposition needs to be needs to be discussed at least because yeah. Poku was not as good as Mobley for the season. He's clearly not as good as Mobley. But the, the difference is way less than what we think it is. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and again, and he's younger. And Giddy's one year and a half younger. So we really need to 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 think about these players. Yes, they have a lot of NBA experience already. It's three years for Poku. It's uh 
two years for Giddy, uh, almost, um, two, one and a half. But still, they are extremely young. So and, young. and as yeah. as unhandy train says, we need to talk about Usman as well. Yes, yeah, Usman is the same. Uh, extremely young. Yeah, I mean, Us is playing well with the blue in this little stint, and had like building confidence with the Thunder as well. And so, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what Us can do when he comes back. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it was time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, it's um, it's probably. I mean, um, it's a little bit frustrated to be honest with you. 
the fact that we are not seeing him play with uh, with the grown-ups um, because he was having a good stretch of basketball and now he's on blue. Again, we, we said it many times, we we don't think and we are almost sure that this is not production-related, it's predetermined um, well in advance. And and so these things happen. Um, I mean, when you when you have a development plan for a player, it might be um, it might be an unusual plan um, where it's a little bit on the G League, a little bit on uh, the regular team. But the fact that he can have 37, 38 minutes with a G League team uh, where he can do more with the basketball in his hands, because if because even uh, on the games that he played and where he succeeded, for example, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta, sorry, um, he was not handling the ball too much. He was just shooting the basketball uh, from a standstill position, leading the break once. Um, and it's not the same as handling, I don't know, 30 possessions in a game, uh, 25 possessions. is basically being a play finisher, a high-level play finisher, and getting reps on defense. And I think that giving him a steady dose of doing a little bit on um, a, a limited role with the Thunder and doing a lot on a different role for uh, for the Blue, that is still um, uh, a good way to to develop him. There is a question of uh, Alex Bolojek that says, can we call up uh, and let Trey rehab with the Blue? Um, I mean, calling up Usman Jang and, and, and having Trey Mann uh, playing with the Blue. Um, I don't think that Trey needs that. I, I think that Trey needs to just have a few games where he, where the shot comes back to him, because I can't believe that the shot's not going in for the foreseeable future. I mean, it's it's something that it is not working right now, um, but it will work in the future. He's too good of a shooter to to have this kind of percentage. Uh, he was shooting thirty seven percent from three, and you could argue that the Last year, he took worse shots than he's doing right now. Um, maybe one way to to get the shot back where it was, it's to it's to just taking a little bit more uh, spot up shots because right now is really all the time step back, step back, step back, um, and maybe doing a little bit of variation to that. It's something that may bring him back to usual. Um, percentage for a three-point range. He has a lot of ground to cover uh, because he's shooting on the uh, 25-26% from three. Uh, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, um, but still, I think it will be back. Um, since Andrew is trying to to come back, I will answer a few questions. Uh, one from Kirk T here in, on the stream. Uh, does Trey have any trade value? Um, sure he has. It's too early. I mean, we were discussing on the chat, on the down to down chat about Moses Moody, um, and we were discussing value. And I mean, how much value does Moses Moody have? To me, it's not a first round pick, or at least not a good one. Um, but maybe in someone else's eyes, it's just year two for Moses Moody. It's very early. And they might be willing to to pay more Golden State to just pull the trigger. Maybe a good veteran and a protected first. Um, to me, I don't see that value. And probably the same concept may apply to Trey Man, 
we signed torched uh good defensive team teams last year we have seen him playing very well at the beginning of the season and right now is kind of lost um how that goes into value it's uh it's it's difficult to say but i would probably not trade Trey man for a second round pick if i was okc for a first round maybe but only if i think that my development plan for him is not going where it should and we don't know that we have we are witnessing a poor shooting stretch for Trey man that is lasting too much um but there are stretches like that i mean dort is not shooting with the basketball well he has up and downs um and you can say that because he has a lot of patience with him it's probably due to the the defensive side but still offensively he hasn't been very good um from alex bowler jack which players do you see as a top five play finisher outside shea mm, top five play finisher outside shea on uh, the roster i think that uh chet would be number two uh with time maybe even number one uh, maybe number one as a play finisher um i mean if you look at the percentage isaiah joe and poku are very good play finishers right now um and probably also jw hey hey you're back sorry i was coughing up a lung over there oh. um okay where where are we at what are we talking about we talk about us a little bit yeah, I discussed a little bit about the the strategy of um, sending guys back to the G League, and yeah. um, Alex Bolajek was asking, "Hey, uh, shall we send Trey Man there mm-hmm. to rehab?" Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, uh, to be honest. I, I, don't I, think I, said, I don't think they'll send Trey. I think no, they're confident in the way that Trey is preparing, mm-hmm. which I think is important to know that it's not. Yeah, the preparation. Is not meeting the expectations of the games yet. Yeah. But at some point, I mean, he's still pretty young. They're not worried about him. Also, not everybody's going to be good. <laughs> not everybody's going to work out. And but I don't think Trey's going to be this bad. He's he played really well at the end of last season, and I expect to see more of that at some point. But even at the beginning of on. this one, it was not bad. No, no, no. I I, I think he's just in a major slump. For what reason? Yeah. I don't know. I think some of it is, I think the back was a big thing. Yes. You ask, you ask any player, like, if you have back, if you have a back issue, like, it's going to hinder you in so many ways, especially yeah. shooting outside shots. Yeah, and, and shoot, uh, shooting shots that are not standstill shots, where yeah. you have to really contort your body a little bit. You have to fake, you have to probe and then pull back. Um, it's not the easiest way. Uh, again, maybe I'm finding too many excuses for him because I really like him. Um, but I would give time because again, uh, yeah, suppose that uh, a team gives you a first for Trey Man tomorrow. Is it really worth it to go that direction now? I mean, to just put another asset going forward and it's it doesn't seem right i mean give the guy time uh you probably can keep him for a year or two at the end of the bench and just wait yeah uh they don't have the rush to circle in too many guys they will probably have to consolidate a lot in terms of picks and guys that uh, um come in in the coming years i i expect them to do more usman cheng jeng moves um in the draft because they can i mean and if you if spending a pick 
allows you to to pick the guy that you like, knowing that you will cut less guys probably going forward, do that. Yeah, no question. And then with Us with the with the G League, I mean, this is similar to what they did last year with guys, is that they just have a schedule and they play guys that G League schedule and they don't deviate from it. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's just what it is. You know, they send him down when it's time when they pre-plan to send him down, and they'll bring him back up when they pre-plan to bring him back up. I mean, that's just that's just the way yeah. that these guys' plans are. And I guess that if he blossoms earlier than expected, say that after also break, there is a ten-game stretch where he's supposed to be with the Thunder, and he plays great, and he's just. Wherever. I mean, I'm sure that they will change plans, uh, mainly because after all, the break, G League is not uh, active. But uh, right. even if it was, like, it can be the case that, hey, right now you do 10 days here, 10 days there. Um, but everything is subject to, hey, let's see how it goes. Yeah. And he, he's, I mean, he's played well. He still has a really long way to go. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, it's just the way that this roster is constructed. He's like, everybody still has a long way to go on this roster. Outside of Kenrich and Muscala. Like, everybody still has, like, a pretty long runway, including Shea. You know, Shea's got things that he's got to improve on, too. And teams are, boy, teams are just loading up on Shea night after (laughs) night. And it's going to be, this is going to be a really tough year for Shea. And he's going to have to get better and better. And he's going to have to have that counterpunch. And this year is going to help him do that. It's going to help him really figure out how to to how to improve his game. I mean, this is what we talked about Devin Booker earlier. This is what Booker had to go through sure. before he became like the great player that he is now. He had to go through some of this stuff. And all the while, I mean, in that Cavs game, Shea didn't take a ton of shots. Some no. of it was that they weren't there for him. And some of it was that he genuinely is trying to help this team grow together. I mean, he moved off ball. I mean, some of Poku's assists were to Shea because yeah. Shea is learning how to move off the ball better. Yeah, I also think that um, you really can't... Well, now you can because you are experimenting to a wild degree. But if it happens again in the future that Shea goes five and a half minutes without take a shot that is not good yeah like unless unless this is hey chet hong is cooking and is it has like one half like uh like the utah game uh, the utah summer league game where it's just hey feed me i will cook then it's okay but when nothing is working the fact that you get two three get a shot two three dort shot and maybe some ill-advised Lay out, try. Yeah. Like, no, that is that, that cannot happen. It yeah. can happen now, but it can in the future. And to your point about Shay learning from this year, I think that Shay showed the league that he's fully capable of leading a team on offense by creating everything for himself. The evolution of Shay will be forcing his teammates to feed him. Uh, by by sheer of movement, by being in the right place, by counting. I mean, I had the feeling when I was watching the fourth quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, where the ball was moving very quickly from hand to hand, and it was just cut over cut and movement and shot. 
that part of the game when Shay's in the court is still lacking a little bit. So I think that the evolution of Shay is like being more of an off-ball threat. Um, and there was a, a comment on the chat, I don't remember from whom, was saying, hey, Shay needs to move better off the ball. I agree. Um, because if that happens and the difficulty of the shots lowers a little bit because Chet is there, because Giddy becomes a better scorer, but also because he creates uh, more with his movement, then this will be the actualized version of Shea. I don't think that this version of Shea is sustainable in the long run. It doesn't lead to the winning basketball in general. Yeah. It has to be more organic. And I think that he knows that. Um, well, and not with this team either, though, is part of the problem. Like, if you gave him a team like James Harden had with Houston, mm-hmm. where it's like shooters, wing defenders, Clint Capella sitting screens, then, like, okay, maybe it would work. And maybe they could be like the five seed or something like that, you know? And that would be really, I mean, honestly, it'd be really fun. I think it'd be great. The What the Thunder want to do is be a lot better than that and play di- they want to play different than that but if like all yeah. you had was Shea and you didn't have all these picks and you didn't have all this stuff and you're like okay how can we what can we do here well go and get a center like Capella you might even be able to get Capella you know from Atlanta if you wanted to but like get somebody like that and just get guys that are going to hit from the corners and the guys that are going to space out the offense you, he could do that. He could be that guy. But you also have to remember, like the most success that James had outside of being on this team when he was really young, was whenever they brought in another ball handler and Chris Paul. Yeah, like that's when things changed. That's when they got went from being like a really good team to being a a title contender and nearly knocking off the Warriors. It was because you had this ball dominant player. And you brought in a guy like Chris Paul. Now, the Thunder, I mean, Giddy's not Chris Paul. And I'm not trying to make that comparison directly, but I am wanting to make the comparison that, like, they have this playmaker. He's very different than Chris, but this big playmaker that is learning how to score. He's learning how to do a lot of things in the NBA. But it's that kind of player that changed James Harden's game and made him so much better. It was it natural yeah. when they when they made the trade for Chris, there was a there was a lot of skepticism out there on whether it could work. Like it didn't yeah. make total sense. It was like, okay, it feels like Daryl is just trying to get, you know, another star in there. Or this was just like who was available and he was just willing to throw whatever at yeah, it. I thought I think that me and you, we discussed, hey, Russ and PG are much better fit. Oh, it made them. more sense on, on paper. It just made more sense than, sure. than Chris and And James. they were a good fit. Um, yeah. But 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 Paul was a much better fit than than many anticipated. And yeah. you can if you if you don't want to go to Harden and to that style of play, um, think about Milwaukee. I mean, the Bucks had the same issue. Um, they are very, very uh, picky about their role players. Yeah. Everyone needs to be able to defend to some degree and to shoot the basketball. Otherwise, you are not a buck. <laughs> you will not play uh, for Bud. But the, the the different move was to pick Drew and to just give a variation to the opponents because 
Yanis is a great player. He's an incredible player, much better than um, the majority of the of the players in this league. But if you allow um, the other team to cheat on at least two of the other players, it becomes easier to play a team like that. Yeah. And it took a while to develop um, um, a different brand of basketball, which is not... It doesn't variate too much, but it's much different from Yanis attacking one on one and just having spacers. Yeah. They have spacers because you need to have that to maximize Yanis. And I think that OKC will do that. They show the they show to everyone that they care about shooting. Mm-hmm. I mean, Isaiah Joe, Trey Man, um, they are shooter. Um, Jalen Williams is a player that was shooting 40% in college. Mm-hmm. He's not shooting the ball well now, mainly because he wants me to win a pepperoni pizza, but um, <laughs> he will do that in the future. So yeah. I think that um, to come back to Shea, the actualized version of him, the best version of him is one that takes 10 isolations and 15 shots that are created for him. James Anderson in the chat, he says, can Andrew explain why even next summer we're not tanking anymore? If a great deal came up to perish it with Shea and we're not tanking anymore, why wouldn't you do it? I I think there's a combination of things, and I kind of touched on this earlier, but this team is just not ready to win yet like mm-hmm. at a high level. Like That to me is like the main point is – you make a trade in the summer. We saw the Pistons do it to a lesser degree, like with Bogdanovich. And the Pistons weren't ready for that move. They weren't ready for it. They're not ready to win. That team's not ready to win. And there were expectations placed on that team, and they have definitely not lived up to those, and those expectations have certainly gone out the window. But this Thunder group isn't ready either. I mean... The kind of player it would have to be to just like you're ready to just dump assets to get this guy, it would have to be a very, very high level player. And sure, I think any GM would be ready and willing to do that. But who is that? And what team is ready to do that? You know, I don't know. Like, I don't. Honestly, like if it's the Timberwolves, they're like, we just got to blow this thing up. Like, I don't really want any of those guys on the Timberwolves on this team. And Anthony Edwards is not going to be one of the guys, by the way. Say that the Boston Celtics are losing the finals again. And there is a major feel, a major problem between Brown and Tatum. And Brown is after you for three first round picks, Lou Dort and Josh Giddy. That's a good one. That's a good scenario. What would I do? Jalen Brown is an interesting personality. Would be my very first sentence that I would say. This <laughs> is a very diplomatic way to handle the the deal for now. I would go on. say that I don't that type of player, sure, but the baggage that would come with it and the you go like you're trading Shay's best friend for Jalen Brown. Um, yeah, okay, Grape Ape. I know that it's unrestricted. We are just making fake trades to to to, to create uh, an alternate reality. Yeah, I mean, that kind of player, sure. I mean, who else? Like, who else would... 
I know, and honestly, like if you're the Celtics, like you're just like sit, settle down. Like you guys are still so young. Like we're not breaking this up. Sure. I mean, to me, the perfect player is a wing that can shoot and has size. That is the perfect player. Uh, to bear with Shea. Okay, just go with me for just a second. Okay, just let's go on a journey for the for the guys that are just listening to the podcast. Andrew seems very focused on what he's about to say. Um, let's, let's go on a journey. What if okay. the Clippers call and they say, we just want our picks back and Josh Giddy, but we'll give you Paul George. Now, I was I was almost on board with the picks because I know where you were going, but no Giddy, no. It's just, Paul George is too old. I know. It just would be the most comical full, full circle moment ever. What yeah. if, I mean, what if it was just like, just give us our picks back. We need we need to tank. We just need our picks back, and we'll give you PG. I would actually think about that. I think the PG would be awesome with Shea. That's what I'm saying. Like if you're really like the what you're saying, like a wing defender that can really yeah. shoot it. I don't know. That's PG, isn't it? Like take a unit that has Shea, Giddy, George, uh, J Dub, oh. and Chet. That a hell of a lineup. <laughs> It'd be amazing. I mean, Again, they're not ready to win. They're not ready to do that kind of stuff. I don't want. Oh, to they will win a lot. I mean, with, with that unit, they will win fifty plus. I, I can almost if PG is healthy, I can almost bring it to the bank. Yeah, I mean, that's a big if. That's a big if. Yeah, it's a big if. There's been. I, I would but just for the just record. Imagine I would, I would not do that. Shooter. I, just for the record, I would not do it. I don't think this team is ready for that. But that's just a, like a a funny thing, that. I don't know. It's probably unreasonable, but if you're the Clippers and Kawhi is like, he's just done. He's just cooked, which could be a reality. Yeah, like that could be this a suggestion I really like from the chat. What if they offer OG because everything that the Raptors thought, thought that they could do, they are not able to do it. Yeah, they're ready to move to back to tanking. He makes a lot of sense. OG is um, super. It kills good. me thinking that we could have had him for. They could have no, just had him. They could have yeah. just had him instead of T. Ferg. You could have just had him. I know that there are circumstances that led to that not happening, but still, it could have happened. Yeah, but I don't hey, know. Send send Lou to Canada. He can be Toronto's hero. Part part of me is wondering though. Like any sort of unhappiness that's happened with OG, would that vanish here? Because I mean, it's been about role. It's been about shots. Why? Why? Why always the Grinch? Like it's Christmas. Allow us to be happy instead of just thinking about this. Like completely unimportant things like the fact that he he, cho he chose not to give OKC medical records and so he's clearly doesn't he clearly doesn't want to to come to OKC let's forget about these things let us dream <laughs> hey maybe Eamon Thompson is the answer or, I was gonna say, or the other Thompson I was gonna say what yeah. about this what if it's Jalen Williams <laughs> he needs to shoot the ball much better than what he is right now but yeah I mean clearly Yes, he's not. He's not shot the ball well, from from deep. That is, 
he's been incredibly efficient inside the arc. He's 61% yeah. from two. Yeah. I mean, he's awesome and just doesn't take up very many possessions and mm-hmm. is almost always, almost always efficient. Yeah. So I want him to, to, to just take more shots. I do period. too. I do too. I want him to do that. Also, like, what if Oos is that guy? Like, we expend all these assets. Next summer, this is, like, another reason, another answer to, to James is, like, what if you expend all these assets next summer? You have all these possessions going to these guys, and then Usman Jang or Jalen Williams or somebody starts to emerge, and you're like, oh, man, like, we, we don't, this isn't, like, he's going to be as good as that guy. And now, like we, this is why you wait. And this is why I yeah. said earlier that like, what the Thunder really, really need is time. Yes. It's not, I mean, it's not a player. It's not a free agent thing. It's not a trade. What they need to, right now, today, is time. They need time to develop, time to just be – what this team needs is not the average age of 22, the average age of 24. Yeah, and it can happen that in the future you kind of decide that development is not what you need, but you need help now. Um, again, Cleveland decided to give away the fourth team pick in the draft, Abaji, yeah. uh, Markin, Colin Saxon, and I don't remember how many picks, um, to, get, to get a great star. Mm-hmm. Um, can Sexton be as good as Mitchell in two years, three years? I don't think so. Can these three players together bring enough value um, as Mitchell? Eh, Maybe. I still don't think so. Um, If a trade like that comes comes by, where you have Jeng, you have J-Dub, you have Trey Mann, you have Kitty, and you think that X player is much better than the combined value of these players. You just pull the trigger. Mm. If you think that that player works, and if you think that you can retain that player with the same, in the same way that you can retain a talent like Giddy, because this we don't discuss much, but retain a player uh, in some market is pretty difficult. Um, you can do it if you are to holiday and you are in Milwaukee and, and you're winning and you have a chance to win a title, then you probably do it for the length of the contract, and then you decide. With Mitchell, we'll see. Because if the Cleveland Cavaliers are good enough, early, he might sign again. But maybe not. So yeah. it's it's also about retention of talent. No doubt. And that's why you don't want to do it too early. Because if a star comes, and the first year you go to the finals, that's a hell of a start. And maybe... Maybe the year after, you say, hey, we, we haven't had that luck, but we were there a year ago. And so you elongate the window. If you start and you just win 25 games, 28 games, 30, not even not even 28, it's too low, 42 games. I was going to say that. 45, 45 games. 48 games. 48. Yeah. Is that enough to keep a guy like, like a top 10 guy in OKC? Look at, I, I don't think so. Look at, look at what's happened in Atlanta. Atlanta made the Eastern Conference Finals. A lot of it was because that Sixers team is an absolute mess. The Sixers yeah. should have never lost that series. They did. It happened. Great. 
Atlanta pushed that friggin' button. They pushed it early. They thought, we got the guys. We got the guys that we need. Let's go. We, we've got our guy in Trey. Let's just go get all the pieces that complement him. And they're having growing pains and issues that young teams have, that guys mm-hmm. under 24 have. Like, this is what happens when you're not ready to win. They got beat in the first round by the Heat pretty badly. They are struggling this year. They've had yeah. good moments. They've had some of the worst moments in the league this year outside of the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers. You know, it's been it's not good. It's not a great situation. Yeah. And instead, if Atlanta had just held back and they would have built a little bit slower and they would have allowed themselves to be involved in the 21 draft. Maybe they're not in the 22 draft. Maybe they made the playoffs the following year, but you have more running mates. And they are desperately trying to, they've been trying to trade John Collins for a long time. They can't find a deal that works for them. But I'll tell you this having a player in trade rumors for every single Shams inside pass, not a good thing, not something that you want. They have more organizational problems too. Like there's, there are leaks everywhere with the Hawks. Yeah. Like everybody knows the Hawks business. And that's not a good thing. Like that's what that's something the Thunder do really well is like they don't let people know their business. They don't let people know if there's issues going on inside the locker room. It's great. You don't as a fan, you wouldn't want that stuff out there anyways. But there's a lot of issues in Atlanta. One of the issues I feel like they had is they pushed that friggin' button. They brought in Gallinari. They got Clint Capella. They made all these moves to win now. They got to these conference finals. That's nice. But are they going to get back there this year? I don't think so. Hard pass. No, I don't think so. Do they have a chance to get back there next year? I mean, they signed DeJounte Murray. Or they traded for DeJounte Murray. Like, they, again, they pushed the freaking button. They're just, they can't stay away from the button. And you just, yeah, they, they, they pushed the chips. Uh, twice. Yeah, and you just and, wonder, like, is that enough? Have they done enough? And I just, I think the answer is no. Yeah, what's the next move? Yeah, what do you? Yeah, what do you do? Hmm. This is why you don't do this. This is why the Thunder won't push the button this summer. This is why the Thunder won't push the button unless it's unless like Giannis becomes available or Luca. They lose in the first round. Luca's like, I'm out. I'm done. Get me anywhere else, anywhere but here. Then yeah, push the button. Like that button is ready and available. It's it's huge. Yeah, it's but it's but it's one that is not ready. I mean, it's not it's not one that one. If Luca is probably going to be like, hey, I have two teams I want to go to, and they're on the East Coast, you know, or you know, Giannis is like, yeah, I, I want out, but and I it's wanna... Boston and Boston. <laughs> I mean, I'm and just, maybe the Celtics. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I just think you, you're not going to press the button unless it's for, like, a top five player in the league. Yeah. Those guys don't become available. And when they do become available, they get to decide where they go. Yeah. Also, Kevin Durant's too old. Well, if he wants to sign as a free agent when the team is ready, We've I think that everyone about will... this. I've already said yes. I'm fully on yeah. board with that. That is That yeah. is acceptable. That's an acceptable outcome. Kevin... You want to sign here for league minimum? 
we'll let you. We will allow you. Now, even you for to 20, 30, 25 million, so you can actually make financial room for a guy like Kevin. <laughs> League minimum will allow it, Kevin. Just just putting the feelers to out pay now. Pay back our feelings. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we'll let you come off the bench for our championship level <laughs> team behind Usman Jang. Yo, P. It's okay. We'll let it happen. We, we, just don't worry, Kevin. We, we will save a spot for you. You and Isaiah Joe will come off the bench, and you guys will be just lights out from three together. It'll be great. It'll be great. Uh, okay. The Thunder play tonight against the Dallas Mavericks, the last game of this five-game road trip. And then they are home for a long time. So it should be a fun homestand. I'm interested to see how they play. I think a lot will be determined about this team over the course of the next few weeks. Yeah. And it's going to be fun to figure out where they're at. You know, the Western Conference is super smashed together. Who knows? I mean, two weeks, a lot of things can change within the entire conference. Um, could determine whether we're looking at another top five pick or eight or ninth, you know, or even 14. Who knows? Who knows? But it's the first time that you say 14. I'm impressed. It's the first time, you know, I've, I, there's, a, there's a range of outcomes out there in this world. And the Thunder, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. I still think we're closer to eight or nine, as would be my guess as to where we're going to yeah. be. But I would not be mad about a, a four or five outcome. I would actually be quite happy about that just from watching. <laughs> some of these guys in this draft so all right thanks so much for listening we'll have another podcast for you guys with alex pierce wednesday enjoy the basketball tonight against the dallas mavericks and we'll talk to you guys again on wednesday